naturally are constantly receiving from him and constantly moving in him to the point where we can feel what he wants to do and we can we can go where he wants to go without having it to be said go here god doesn't work that way let me tell y'all a story (laughs) it's stupid but it's funny I am a huge, I'm about to admit to something really embarrassing, a huge Golden Girls fan. (laughs) And there's one particular episode where they won't go to bed and Rose is praying and praying and praying and Dorothy's in the bed and she goes, Rose, thank you for the beautiful prayer. And I think sometimes that's what we want, but that's that's not a personal God. In the Old Testament, you see God speak very audibly very often. There was, the Holy Spirit was active, but the Holy Spirit was not living within us. You follow me? So then the relationship transitioned to, okay, now it's a God who loves us and who is here for us on the outside, but now he's put himself on the inside. So he speaks to us because he loves us. He speaks to us so we can be witnesses for him. When God gives you a word or gives you a picture or gives you something for somebody else, that's not just because it's a cool magic trick. It's not like a Jesus magic. It is because he wants you to witness to somebody and reach someone. He wants to establish his kingdom. And he speaks through typically what we would call the revelation gifts or revelatory or whatever you want to call it. And I just want to go over a couple of them real quick. Y'all following me? Being a little more teachy than normal. So you're good. We're going to learn today. First is words of knowledge. This is knowing something supernaturally about a situation or someone or a condition that you would not otherwise know. God will speak a word of knowledge to you. Sometimes um, during worship, God will say something like, I want to heal somebody, and we'll speak it out, and somebody will get healed. Or somebody might come to you and say, hey, God told me this, and you're like, how do you know that about me? That is a word of knowledge. We also have words of wisdom. Words of wisdom are similar But this is going to be a more direct, strategic thing. This is going to be a, here's what you need to do and here's how to do it. That's how I've personally experienced it. Then we have prophetic words, which are foretelling, meaning they can tell the future. Or they're forth-telling, which means they're telling something about a current situation. They're telling something about, you know, a current move of God that's happening now or something that's happening in your life. Then the other one's actually discernment of spirits. That's actually considered a revelation gift, but we're not going to talk about that this morning because we're talking about words and pictures. But you can see how all of these blur together. So it's really difficult to talk about this in a way of, of putting, and I'm glad you all sing that song, Simple Gospel. We can't really box it in. We can't really say God only speaks this way, God only speaks that way. But what I want is I want the church, capital C, not just this church, the church, to become comfortable hearing the voice of God and then just moving in that. So as we've kind of followed this series, we've looked at how these gifts have operated in the Bible. So we're going to look now at how Jesus operated in this. It's in John 4, 15. I don't think we have screens, so go ahead and get a Bible or a cell phone. Sit in lazy church. You can read it. Chip's meaner than Pastor Jeff. (laughs) It says this. Jesus is at the well. We, we, we're familiar with the story, most of us. He's drawing water. There's a woman there, and she, he says, I've got water that is everlasting, and then we're going to kind of pick it up for there, from there. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't be thirsty or ever have to come draw water. Jesus, and I love Jesus because he's sly, he says to her, 
go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying this. She said, I have, he's, she's in right in saying, I have no husband. Jesus says, for you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true, the woman said to him, I perceive that you're a prophet. So now we'll skip down to 27. Just then the disciples came back and marveled at as he was talking with the woman, but no one said, what do you seek, or why are you talking to her? So the woman left the water jar, went away into the town, and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out into the town, and they were coming to him. So we see Jesus meet this woman that he really shouldn't even be meeting, because culturally, they shouldn't have been connected here. And then he, he kind of leads her in by saying, go call your husband. And she's like, I don't have a husband. And then he's like, you're right, you don't. You've had five husbands. And then she st he starts and he starts just telling them, telling all these things about her that he would not know. That is such a thing that we read and go, wow, Jesus is cool. That's amazing. But Jesus also says we can do greater things than even him. That's what he told us before he went to heaven. You can be flowing in that. Jesus knew the whole situation, and because that gift was in operation, the woman immediately recognized God is at work because she said, I'm perceiving you're a prophet. I'm perceiving this is not a natural thing. I'm perceiving that the God of the universe has broken into this situation and has begun to work and talk. And because then she saw that God was at work, you'll see her then go into the town and begin to witness to others. Hey, come see a man. Because that's really the cry of what Christianity is. When God does something for us, our natural response should be, come, come see a man that can help you, that can heal you, that can fix you, that can be there for you. Amen? Are you with me? So we see that in operation with Jesus. Then we go on and move into, the, into number two, which is how do we see this working with the disciples? Acts 2, 17 through 18 says this, and this is actually Peter preaching, in the last days... It shall be, God declares that I will pour my spirit out on all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they will prophesy. Amen. This is right after Pentecost. This is right after the spirit is there. This is right after the, the, the power of God is moving. And Peter stands up and he reminds us of this great promise. And he says, God is going to pour his spirit out. This is where we see prophecy. Prophesying, remember, it's foretelling. I'm saying what's going to happen. And it's foretelling. Here is also what's happening. And then he says that he's going to pour it out on everybody. Amen. That part gets me excited. On everybody. So when Peter's doing this, we see God using these gifts to reveal a promise. The promise is I'm going to pour my spirit out. People are going to prophesy, um, servants, male and female. We learn that it's by the spirit we do that. We learn that as Peter's speaking, he is empowered by the spirit to preach. He is empowered by the spirit to share that. And then he's also telling us really as, the, as, as disciples, because you know you're a disciple. Look at somebody. Say you're a disciple. You're a disciple. He's telling us how we can expect God to speak to us in visions and in dreams. He's saying it right there. 
So what Peter's doing is he is starting to establish this. So we're going to move on now, and I'm, I know I'm kind of rolling through it because I want to get to the part that is applicable for us today. How do these revelation gifts affect the church? There is a story, and I'm not going to read it all because it's literally a whole chapter, in Acts 10, and you can go back and read it, where Cornelius is praying, and he has a vision of an angel that tells him to go get Peter. Meanwhile, Peter is praying, and he has a vision, and that vision is to him is he's eating unclean things, and all of this weird stuff is going on, and I'm going to skip it, and again, you can read it. It's all, it's all kind of fun stuff. But then these men show up at Peter's house, and the Spirit said, go with them. And Peter departs and goes with them. And I'm going to pick it up from here where Peter has now arrived at Cornelius's. When Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter lifted him up saying, stand up, I too am a man. And as he talked with him, he went in and found many persons gathered. And he said to them, you yourselves know how unlawful it is for a Jew to associate or visit with anyone of another nation. But God has shown me, words and pictures, he has shown me that I should not call any person common or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without objection. I asked them why you sent for me. Then Peter starts preaching and talking. And then it says, while Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. Amen. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was being poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in other tongues, extolling God. And then Peter declared, can anyone withhold the water for baptizing these people who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? There we see two visions, and I do encourage you to go read them, where God gives a Gentile and a Jew a vision, a dream. It, the Bible actually says Peter fell into a trance, and that was to go meet each other so we can see the baptism of the Holy Spirit take place on a non-Jew. Because before that, they were viewing the Gentiles as an unclean people. However, God does not show partiality, amen? And like we heard earlier, he wants to pour his spirit out on everybody. So we see that happening. We see that God pours a spirit out. What does this also establish? It establishes what I call a kingdom culture. Because in a kingdom culture, there's no, there's no lines. There's no race. There's really no gender. There's really no anything other than a person of the kingdom. We can't go into the kingdom with bias. We can't go into the kingdom with racism. We can't go into the, into the kingdom in any kind of preconceived, God can use me but can't use you. So what this does is this sets up a kingdom culture that the church should follow that said it's for the Jews, it's for the Gentiles, it's for the black, it's for the white, it's for the rich, it's for the poor. It doesn't matter if you're in a penthouse or if you are in an alleyway. When the Spirit of God comes, if you're open to him, he will pour out on you. Amen? Amen. So this is what that's setting up. So what does all that mean, Chip, now that you've talked about all these Bible scriptures and read all this? This is what that means means God speaks to us. I know some of you have had words of knowledge. I, I know some of you have moved in that gift. So how do we really know when it's God? That's, that's the question. How do we really know when the Lord is speaking? Again, typically it's not audible. For me personally, it's an impression, and that's a weird word. But you'll feel, or as um, 
the old school church, you feel the unction of the spirit, so they say. That's how I grew up, and you don't want to know about that. You'll feel that impression, and you'll just know something in your spirit. Like, you'll just know, I'm supposed to go here. I'm supposed to say this. I'm supposed to do this. And you can feel that impression. You can also have a vision. And I think what happens so many times is we look for these big open visions to happen that we're going to be walking down the street and collapsing the floor and seize up and God's showing us something. Typically, that's not what I have had happen to me. I have had an open vision before, and maybe I'll tell that story in a minute. But sometimes God will just show you what he wants to do as a picture in your head. Sometimes he'll give you a picture that makes absolutely no sense or a word that makes no sense. John and me were praying a while back, and um, he out of nowhere goes, does that Nancy Sinatra song mean anything to you? And then he started singing, these boots are made for walking. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And we're all like in the room like, that's weird. So later I'm asking someone for advice and go, here's my advice. These boots are made for what? I was like, oh, God. So that like little thing that was dropped in, God, God does things to communicate in a way that you know that's God. Like that is so God. There, there's been times where even I've prayed, God, I need a word from you. And somebody will come to me and they'll give me the exact thing and you'll know when a word has been spoken to you because it literally when it at least to me feels like someone has dropped eight million pounds of power on you when somebody says God said this and it is truly from him it hits you you feel it you feel that God really said that so he'll give you a vision sometimes he'll show you what I like to do a lot of times if I'm leading worship or preaching during my prayer time I'll ask the Lord show me what you want to do. Because that's what Jesus did. He'd go away and and said he only does what he sees the Father do. And there's been times where I'll see in my mind people praying or how something's going to go or how it's going to work out. And I don't consciously enter in trying to make those things happen, but you'll enter in with an understanding of here's kind of the thread God's weaving today. Is that making sense? We good? So we do it. He does it through dreams. You can have a dream while you're asleep, which is probably a really good time for God to talk to you. Because think of it. Think of all the things on your mind during the day. Think of all the texts you send, phone calls you get, stuff you do at work. Your mind's not still. Your mind's not, not, not ever slowing down or being quiet. So when we fall asleep, a lot of times God will use those dreams, times, and states to communicate to us because he has our full attention. Amen? So when he has that, He's able to speak things to us in a word or a picture. He does it because he's given us guidance. Really, I think in the church we love a word of knowledge, and we love what it does, but I think a lot of us need to pray a little more for words of wisdom because there's some situations where you need God's wisdom. He does it because he loves us. He'll give us that guidance. So here's what what I guess the, the, the for today part would be. God can give you a word of knowledge. Amen? God can give you a word of wisdom. God can give you a vision or a dream if you're open to it. Sometimes I'll do it if you're not open to it just to mess with you. And that's how he's had to be with me. Because when we go and we speak and say, hey, God told me he wants to heal you, that releases immediate power. You see what I'm saying? That releases immediate healing. When we start declaring in the natural what God wants to do in the supernatural, that is an immediate release of power. 
But what always happens, and it never goes away, is there's always fear. Should I say this? God, you're telling me to tell somebody something. This is weird. Should I be obedient? What if I miss it? What if I, God doesn't, God's not worried about that. Amen? God can handle his own reputation. If you get it wrong, the Christianity's not going to collapse, I promise. If you get it wrong, somebody else will get it right. We will all get it wrong sometimes because we're human. But I am challenging you to be bold. If you, God gives you a word for someone or for a situation, don't hesitate. Don't try to logic it out. Don't say, I'll do it if this and this and that happen. doesn't work that way. Because when God is, has broken in to tell you something about yourself or somebody else, that means there's some work that he wants to do. Amen? A couple stories. Then we'll kind of move into ministry time. <laughs> Tyler and Esther, you were here for this story. You might remember it. I was at a church at one time preaching, and it was the last Sunday we were there because we were going to plan a church. And um, and they said, we don't really want a big altar call today because it, would, it was just not. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave that part out. They just didn't want that. They wanted the service to be concise. So I'm preaching, and I'm talking, and the Lord just starts speaking to me. He's like, I want to heal somebody's leg. I'm like, well, God, that doesn't really fit the program today. And I just keep hearing this, I want to heal somebody's leg, I want to heal somebody's leg, and it wasn't the appropriate time, and I felt like God wanted to move, but also felt the strain of, like, the spirit being quenched. So finally, I was like, you know, I just feel like God's healing somebody's leg. And I don't know if y'all remember this lady, <laughs> it was like a movie, in this giant hat in the back. It's like, it's me! <laughs> and then she, like, comes up and prays, and then, like, everybody in the church comes up, and just a move of God happened. And being obedient to God in that moment not only helped her, but it helped a lot of other people. Um, another, th another story, my grandfather was dying, and I've told this to some of you before. <clears throat> and he was in the hospital, and it was like late at night, and I was tired. Because that's when God usually wants you to do stuff, is when you absolutely don't feel like doing it. And I see this lady in the hallway, she was a janitor, and I'm thinking, God, you want me to tell her something? I'm like ugly crying because my grandfather's sick. I'm like walking down the hall and I'm like, I'm not doing that. I can't handle it right now. So I walked past it and then it just kept, go back, go back, go back. And I go back and she's not in the hallway anymore. And I was like, oh, missed it. <laughs> oh, well. You know, when you do that, you play that game with God. Whoops. <laughs> Maybe next time, Lord. So I, go, I was like, if I see her again, I'll do it. So I go in the bathroom and I open the bathroom door, and the lady's like right here <laughs> with a mop. And I'm like, oh, okay, Lord. I get that. So I said, ma'am, and this is a good, this is how I usually intro it. This sounds crazy. But I feel, and this is all that I said to her. I said, I feel like God wants me to tell you that he's blessing you. And she stood there for, it felt like 90 years, but it was probably in reality like 12 seconds just staring at me. And then, like, one tear just goes down her face. And this lady starts, like, shouting like we are having church, screaming, like, yes, Lord, bless me, break every chain. So I'm in the hallway as this is happening, and the Holy Spirit came, and you felt him in that hallway. So now you have this older, larger woman and this 
younger, larger man <laughs> in this hallway at the hospital going, yes, Jesus, yes, Lord. So that was that, that's another time where I tried to not be obedient, but God wanted me to speak this to this woman. I don't know what that meant. I don't know what she'd been praying for. This one's a little weird, and this will be the last one I tell. <laughs> this is the time that I thought, I, well, two. I'll tell two more. The open vision one is the first one. I was in my chair at my house. This is a few years ago. <coughs> and I was praying. And as I was praying, I felt like I was passing out. But I wasn't. The whole room got very golden, if that makes sense. And, I f and the only way I can explain this is I felt literally like I was going to die. Like I felt like I was melting, physically melting. And all of a sudden, my mouth got really hot, and my hands got really hot, and my feet got really hot. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to me, speak with my mouth, work with my hands, work with my feet, or walk with my feet. And it was like this vision of God just giving me, I'm so powerful, you feel like you're going to die right now, but I'm actually equipping you. And when I came out of it, it had been like probably an hour and a half, but it felt like three minutes. So that, that's another experience. And then the last story I'll tell is, this is actually, before I was introduced to like the charismatic kind of movement of Christianity, I was familiar with it. I had a dream. And um, in this dream, there was a member of my family, excuse me, and who was demon-possessed in my dream, was running through the house, fighting me, screaming, destroying stuff. And I felt the tension like it was real, like in my dream. So I feel this tension. I feel this pain. I feel this, this thing of just a spiritual warfare. In my dream, I start praying in the spirit, which I, I hadn't really done very much. I had a little bit, but not experienced it very much. And as I prayed in my dream, I could feel my body shaking and convulsing almost, like I was having some type of a seizure, to the point where... I wake up, and I went and looked in the mirror to see if I'd had a stroke, like, because it was that intense of an encounter. Years later, I'm in an apartment with that family member. They're going completely crazy. I start praying in the spirit, literally back them into a room, and they collapse on a bed, just like in the dream. I wouldn't have known how to handle that had I not had that dream. So God speaks these things to us, he speaks things to, one thing he does for me is he'll warn me about things, because I'm, I'm, I'm an anxious person, so I will work, get worked up. So if something bad's going to happen, sometimes God will be like, I'm kind of warning you. So we got to listen to that voice. I'm going to ask you guys, you can come back up. So what I'm going to kind of challenge you to do this morning is we'll have a prayer team around the room as well. If you need a word, I encourage you to go ask for one. If you feel like you need to give a word to someone, I encourage you to do that. What I want to do is kind of sit for a moment and let you listen. We can turn the lights off whenever you're ready and let you listen. And if God gives you a word that you feel is for a specific person, I want you to go and tell that person. If you feel like it's for the church, you know, you can go tell me or John and we can work that out. But we're gonna, or if you say, hey, I need a word, I need guidance. Then we can go, you can come to me, John will be up, we'll pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed.
Father, your word says that your sheep know your voice. Father, we're thankful that you communicate with us in such an intimate way. Father, we just ask that right now this time would be a time for ministry. God, that you would give us words, that you would release healing and power. Father, maybe people have never experienced this before. God, let them experience it this morning. Thank you, Lord. So just if you need prayer or you just feel like you have a word or you just need God to speak to you, take a moment. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Be bold. you have to wait and, and, and be prompted. So two Sundays ago when we were worshiping, um, I got a vision, and it was me standing in a high place about dusk, and I saw around me hills everywhere, different sizes, some tall, some short, some medium, and it was starting to get dark, and one by one on those hills, there was, there was a light that started shining until there was a light on every one of those hills. And what he did was give me uh, John 15, or no, Matthew 5, um, 14 through 16. And what this says in the message is, here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket. I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives by opening up to others and you'll prompt people to open up with, with God, this generous Father in heaven. And what I think he was telling me, and I kind of sat and stewed about it for a while, what he was telling me was each one of us in our sphere of influence are hill. And some of us have a lot and some of us have a little, but it doesn't mean that we don't have a light to shine. And we're supposed to be obedient in shining that light. Amen. Amen. Just continue to wait on the Lord. If he speaks something to you, open yourself up. Ask him for it.
You know, all throughout the service this morning, I had this word that there's somebody here today that feels abandoned, that feels forsaken by God, that feels in a dry place, weary. And it's almost that the message that Christy gave is the message for you. And that is, you're not abandoned, you're not forsaken, but God has a purpose. He has a vision for you. And it is to seek Him and to let that light shine. You don't need to do anything else. You just need to give in to Him. So if if that's you today, go to somebody and ask for prayer. I mean, John's back there. Somebody else will be back in the other corner. But just go and ask for prayer. So if you want to pray, please do it. Okay. Chip asked me to pray for you. So, God, I just lift this person up to you. I, I proclaim the life and the light of God into their light, into their lives. I proclaim your vision for them, Lord God. I proclaim your healing for them, your healing and restoration, that there's a healing there too, something that needs to be healed and, and turned up to God. So I just, God, we just give that over to you and ask you to work your will. says don't limit him don't decide what somebody else does or what you want to do tell God you want everything he has for you and do what he wants you to do don't decide to tell God what you want because he probably wants something different so don't limit him open your heart and be ready to receive whatever he gives to you now. Amen. Anybody else getting anything? Be bold. Could change somebody's life. Maybe you're getting something for somebody else. You should go pray with them. One thing I keep sensing, and I don't know what it is, but somebody has a bad relationship with like a sibling, a sister maybe, and God is in the midst of that, and he is working in that, and he is aware of that. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but anyway, that's kind of a sense I've had. I also sense that God is wanting to work on some type of heart arrhythmia. Like, an, not quite a murmur, but like an arrhythmia.
to go ahead and pray over you all. Feel free to stay and be ministered to if you need prayer. If you still feel you need to give a word, don't feel obligated to, to stay in, the, in, in here, but we're just going to continue on in our ministry time. Father, thank you for every person here today. Thank you for continuously speaking to us and through us, God. Father, keep us safe as we leave this place, Lord. As we move forward even into our ministry time, God, we ask that you would heal. Father, we release healing in the room right now. We release freedom in the room right now. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.